Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello, Sam Pinkham here, sitting in for the mighty Chris Evans. Welcome to the Easter weekend edition of the best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, everyone's favourite Norman, Fatboy Slim, chats his upcoming We've Come a Long, Long Way tour. The always wonderful Ramesh Ranganathan discusses his latest book, As Good As It Gets. Life lessons from a reluctant adult. The acting prowess of Jesse Buckley and Josh O'Connor share all about their experience starring in the brilliant new Romeo and Juliet National Theatre film on Sky Arts and the legendary Brian May and Broadway's Kerry Ellis lift the lid on their new single Panic Attack all of that goodness is on the way now Vassos tell us who's our first guest he's the king of big beats that you'll be hard pressed to beat his we've come a long way together tour is hitting the road this November ladies and gentlemen he's here to Norman cook up a storm because he is the one and only fat boy slim Morning, Norm. Good morning, Chris. I'm salivating from having a little discussion. <laughs> yeah, and you're How not. You I'm very well. And you're not working in the cafe today. First of all, people who don't know, tell us about your cafe. Tell us when you acquired it, and tell us when you started working in it, and tell us how it's going, my friend. Uh, well, it's at the end of my road, and I took, we took it over about seven years ago. And um, I'm allowed to tell you what it's called. Yeah, of course you are. No, definitely, million percent. It's called the Big Beach Cafe, and it's in Hove Lagoon, which is literally at the end of my road. And it's, um, yeah, it's just a sort of family community cafe. Both my kids have worked there over the years, but then after 10 months of sitting around doing absolutely nothing because I can't do my regular job, I, uh, I got drafted in to help out. Yeah, but we, we lost two-thirds of our staff that had to quarantine for 10 days. And so I stepped in to help. I just found it was really good for my mental health to get out of the house and talk to people. And, and it's kind of, it's one of the few things because it's very popular with walkers. So all the way through this current lockdown, um, people is a sort of destination for people out on their exercise walks. And what did you um, learn about yourself? What did you like about it? <laughs> well, I've decided, I've decided, yeah, my mental health is a lot better if I get to talk to people all day rather yeah. than sit, sit around not doing anything. And I don't know, it's, it's just a, it's a lovely little community. Lots of Obviously, um, during the homeschooling, we were kind of uh, a way for kids to get out and vent uh, because there's a kids' playground there. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, there's a lot of dog action. There's a lot of kid action. And, and it's just a really friendly place to be rather than, like I said, rather than sitting around watching daytime TV. So, so you are Hove, not Brighton. I, I've sort of never really understood or investigated the difference, the schism between the two. Uh, well, Brighton and Hove, basically Brighton and Hove grew into each other. Right. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, we, yeah, Brighton and Hove have, have amalgamated as one city. Uh, but there, obviously there's a slight kind of wind-up that the people who live in Hove think they're slightly better than people who live in Brighton. Right. And hence, people say, I live in Hove, actually. And so Hove actually has become a kind of thing. <laughs> in so fact, funny. I think we're thinking of renaming it Hove, actually. Hove, actually. <laughs> that, you should do that. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Love, actually. Hove, actually. Very, very funny. I mean, you say you haven't been doing much in lockdown, but you have been up to some things. I mean, you know, there was the amazing collaboration with your good friend Idris. That, that worked out quite well, didn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, I've done I've done a few live streams. I mean, most DJs are only kind of avenue of, of expressing ourselves is to do live streams. But it's, I, I just find it it's very difficult for me. The whole experience of DJing and the whole magic of it is that communication with the crowd and, and the conversation you have, and and it's a, it's a two way street. And if you remove the the crowd, it's just it's just a boat playing records on the yeah. table. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I just tried to do we try, with the streams that we have done. I've tried to put a little twist on it and makes it fun. The one I did with Idris, we were kind of zooming into people's lounges so we could see them on a big screen so we could wave at them and send messages and, and, and dance with them and fist bump them through the screen which is quite a laugh yeah and you know we've, you talk about mental health and we, we should talk about it and we do talk about it more and more and more but we've all got it it's like physical health it's the same thing it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you if you're talking about mental health there may well be um, but you, you know yeah. as you twist your ankle as, you, as your bottom burps your brain can fart as well it's the same thing isn't it it's the same deal well yeah that's, yeah, that's one way of looking at it Chris well, um, I think it more, more in terms of you look you know you feel better all day if you look after your physical thing if you, you, you exercise yeah. you know, jogging or something like that then you feel better it gives you endorphins and I think the brain is a, is a, is a muscle in the same way so if you if you keep it yeah I think that the, the, for me, the worst thing about lockdown wasn't kind of because um, I've got kids. Um, it wasn't so much loneliness. It was just lethargy. And it's quite easy to, if you're not a, a naturally active person. It's quite easy just to sit around. And after a few months yeah. of that, it really every, everything starts down, not just your muscles. Yeah, no, that's why this thing called Tiny Habits, my friend Professor BJ Fogg, who was, I think he's still at Stanford, lives in Hawaii now, but, you know, he talks about tiny habits all the time, and I try and get tiny wins before I leave my bedroom every morning. And it, it sounds mad, but it really works. And yesterday, the kids... I'd, were, like, I'd love to know what one of your tiny wins was, Chris. Today? Okay. You can, you, is it something you can mention on radio? Yeah, so Tiny Habits today would be, um, there would literally, so you get up, and there's, there's, there's the weekend uh, companies on the floor, do I tidy them up? Do I leave them somebody else tidy up? No, I'll tidy them up. So that's the first thing I do. No, I should do that anyway, right? But the point is I don't have to do that. So I slam dunk those, slam dunk them, like, you know, like Michael Jordan in the washing basket outside my door, get in the shower. It's a win, right? Let's have another win. Okay, shall I tidy the shampoo bottles up while I'm in the shower? Yeah, I'll do that. Probably little Eli messed these up yesterday cause, and he uses far too much of all of them. But that's not his problem. It's mine because I'm his dad. Another win there. Now, I've only been up for four minutes. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, well, that, yeah, I mean, that sounds a very uh, very admirable attitude and very positive attitude to life. I bet you're murdered to live with, though. No, no. I, I guess... That would really annoy me. If, if no, I, but... If you... I live with was that right, especially what... Three o'clock in the morning, whatever. Well, no, because there's nobody else. Up. There's nobody else up, Rom. These, these are because the, ti- <laughs> the the tiny wins are for you to put to flick your switch on in the right direction. That's because you're talking about lethargy, right? And yeah. you can, you can. So the kids yesterday, they were having a real moment. They were they were not in a good place yesterday morning, and it's because the first thing they did yesterday was they got up early so they could watch more telly. Now that's just the wrong switch. Nothing wrong with kids watching telly, of course not. Especially you know as these holidays kick in, but it didn't do them any favors. You know, going on in the day, so. So then I thought, I really wanted to get them to do something. So then I got this blimmin' industrial strength pressure washer out, and I started to basically annihilate our garden. But that wasn't the point. The point is the kids said, what is Mad Dad up to now? They came out, they both wanted to go. Half an hour later, we were down in the garden centre, we were buying pea seeds, we were buying pomegranate seeds, we were buying beetroot seeds, and they spent the rest of the day planting and making these little signs up, you know, little, all, all, almost like a mini festival planted in the soil with these little signs, peas are over here. And it's, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's just a re- Like I said, I, I admire that. I admire that speech. <laughs> I just made my kids work. I just made my kids work down the cafe. Which is fine. I think that's really cool as well, don't you? I bet they love it, don't they? They do love it, yeah, yeah. I mean, both my kids had actually worked at the cafe before I did. 
So when I started, I was like, I was the newbie. And they were having to show me how where everything was and how it all worked. Yeah. Uh, listen, we've come a long, long way together. The tour. This sounds amazing. Yeah. The only thing, the only one complaint I have is that it's not till November. But that's the way it is for now. What's going on? Uh, well, the reason it's not until November is because we can hopefully guarantee that it will yeah, actually yeah, yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's going on? It's just yeah, it's a big arena tour. We did we did it a couple of years ago, um, and it's an experiment of, of putting something that normally shouldn't work in arenas DJing it for me is quite like I said it's quite a conversation and so but we worked out if we do it in the round it stops being an arena it feels like a really enormous party or a nightclub so I play in the round on a revolving stage love it and it, it just makes it more as uh, the word intimate if you could ever be intimate in an arena yeah. um but yeah no it's and it's just it's, it's you know like every other person in my business I'm just gagging to get back out there it seems from the ticket sales that everybody else is gagging to get totally, out to totally. It. I mean, you know, we've all been just chomping a bit, and, and it's, it's. I think it's quite important that, that how we reconnect. So many of us have been disconnected from each other for so long, and, and again, I think you know, if if going out on the twenty second of June. It's going to be quite weird for a lot of people who haven't been in big crowds. So I think by November we'll be used to, you know, the idea. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of us, will be a little freaked out by being in a in a crowd that big. Yeah. Uh, there was, so did, ease yourself in over the summer with your barbecues and your socially distanced events and then remember we'll be able to properly hang on get a minute. You can't say that. I've got three car fests to sell, pal. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, well no, that's, yeah, that's all right because it's outdoors. <laughs> okay. no, it is right. Outdoors, it is right. Chris. Fresh air. Okay. Fresh air is the boss word of today. Right. Well, so, I was, yes. was going to extend this invite to you. If you're really chomping at the bit, Car Fest South isn't a million miles from you and the Big Beach Cafe, right? So come and do an hour for us. It's every single penny goes to children's charities. Come on, Norm. Do it. August Bank where, Holiday. Where are you then? Hampshire. Jodie Schechter's farm, Laverstoke Park. It's about 55 minutes from your house. Right. <laughs> well, we, let's let's talk about that. No, no, I just talked about it. I want a yes or no. Don't give me that. Don't give me that hollow laugh. <laughs> uh, right, I think it's time to wrap this up, Chris. Um, uh, we need to go now. Come on, you got to do it. So yes, come on. Uh, yeah. Well, well I'll, yeah. Well, let's look into it. No, no, not. You sound like a politician, Norman. Come on, for heaven's sake. I'm looking for a yes. I can't. I can't possibly commit to something live on the radio where you've got all these witnesses that if I. If I accidentally <laughs> agree to doing so, I mean, will I, will I be? Will I have to do it naked? Will I get covered in mud? You know, there's, there's things I have to. I, we're, you know, we're looking for I've the. Got to look at the contract hard before I, especially knowing you and We've, your sense of mischief. Yes, good. I, no, you're right. Your sense of mischief and what what could go. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I'd love to look into it. Okay, um, I do sound like a politician, don't I? Yeah, it's not like this is very unnorm. This is very unfat boy. This is like thin boy slim, not fat boy slim. <laughs> Uh, but listen, we love you, Norm. We love you regardless of the fact you won't commit to doing one hour for children's, <laughs> UK children's charities. Um, no, we really do. Uh, tickets at Fat Boy Slim NFT. Is that right? I've got because it's missing off the bottom of my sheet. Am I getting that right? Not NFT net fatboyslim.net. Oh, sorry, it's <laughs> no, it's nothing, nothing to do with non non fungible tokens. I thought he's way ahead of the game here. Look, it slipped. Bassos, has yes. that slipped off the book by it's April? It's true. It's true. I We've only got the top NFT. half of the letters. Uh, tickets at Fatboy Slim uh, NFT non fungible tokens or .net. Up to you. <laughs> Cheers, Norm. Nice one. Nice to talk to you, Chris. Love you like a brother. Thanks a lot. Live from the South Coast, Fat Boy Slim. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. 
It's the most famous love story ever told, and it's not remotely COVID compliant. The National Theatre's production of Romeo and Juliet premieres this Sunday at 9pm. It's free on Sky Arts, but soft. What superstars through yonder phone line break? It's the star-crossed lovers themselves, Josh O'Connor and Jesse Buckley. Morning, guys. <laughs> Morning. Morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Um, welcome both. Congratulations to you on everything you've ever done in your whole lives. I didn't know, but I've just been informed you've been best friends, proper bezies for years. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yes, we have. Okay, so when did you, Josh, when did you first meet? Um, where did we first... I think we, we tried to work this out. I think we first met... Um, I was doing a play at the Sodic Playhouse and uh, a, fr- a mutual friend of ours, or actually a friend of Jesse's who was in the play with me, invited Jesse to come watch and I met Jesse then. And then we've been friends since. Right, this is like the affair so on like Sky Atlantic. So that's Josh's take on it. Jesse, you probably remember it. Whole, you probably think we met at school, we played tennis together. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, from there we were going to, we, we got on so well that we were going to move to Whitstable with a group of friends and create a kind of hippie commune, right. um, which kept us, tied us over for a few years. But wow, that plan never happened. We just became friends. Oh, yeah. the, the the grand plans of the young. Um, yeah, yeah. How close was that to being anything other than a conversation very late at night over a few beers and who knows what else? I, know, I mean, we we had a we had like a group. We had, I say that in my head it was like this cool arts collective, but I think it was just a, a group on Facebook. But it was like it had it had like friends that were interested in living in the countryside or um, by the sea, and we found these properties that were like disused army barracks on stilts in the sea and we thought we could renovate that I mean we got that close but that was about it that is pretty close that's pretty Mm. impressive research do you remember that Jesse? uh Vaguely. <laughs> Come on, Jesse. <laughs> Come on. No, I do, I do, I, I do, I do. <laughs> but it's funny, isn't it? Because you talk about those properties, you know, and and you know, the further back you go, the more opportunities with pro- properties like that, you know, old forts and things in the yeah. middle of I don't know where, wherever. Um, they they were more available, but now they've all been. That's all been adopted. That's all been taken up. They've been judged into shabby chic homes. Uh, so yeah. it, ca- it can't really happen anymore. You know, John Lennon and the gang. Mm. In the 60s, they had it easy, my friends. Laurel Canyon, Malta. Um, Us modern-day hippies have it so it's, hard. It's so tough being a hippie nowadays. Seriously. You need, a, you need minimum six-figure income to be a hippie nowadays. Minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so true, though, isn't it? Because, you know, what has it got? Goldeneye. Because Ian Fleming, he bought that little place on Goldeneye. And who lived next door to him? Somebody, they bought everything for nothing, didn't they? Um, didn't he live near Bob Marley? And who else lived next to Ian Fleming? Somebody else. Oh, Noel Coward had the shack next to Ian Fleming's. I remember all this. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> um, anyway, so Romeo and Juliet, anything but platonic. Here we have both Romeo on the radio for you now live mm. and Juliet. Uh, Jesse, lead off. Tell us about this amazing thing that had the whole team gripped yesterday. They watched this via this encoded preview link we got from Sky. They loved it. Tell us more about it, Jesse. Oh, um, well, it's about love, man. <laughs> um, uh, it was we originally meant to do it in the National Theatre on this stage last, last summer, but then old sister COVID came knocking, so we had to change our plans. And um, 
we ended up adapting it so that we uh, filmed it on the Littleton stage. We turned the Littleton stage into a studio and we found a new way to tell this story where both film and the theatre for the first time behind the Iron Curtain. Um, and it was beautiful. It was like one of the, um, it was one of the best experiences of my life. And I got to like play, you know, see and hang out with my mate Josh every day and work with Simon Godwin, who's brilliant. And uh, yeah, we all need a little bit of love, I think. Like a perfect kind of medicine at the end of 2020. You're so right, and you know it's what we hear every day on the show when we talk to live performers. You know, just talking about it again now. You know, what might we be in for? You know, treat-wise with live entertainment this summer. I cannot wait. This could officially be the third summer of love. It could be better than the second summer of love. It might even um, breathe very heavily down the neck of the first ever original summer of love back in those swinging 60s. You've sort of you've sort of stolen Jesse's. Um, um, sorry, Josh, you thunder there, Jesse, because Josh has said of this experience, it was the greatest ex- experience of my career. I was having the time of my life. So was this, um, did you all feel the same way? You know, but is it because of what was going on and because you just wanted to work and because you just wanted to be together and because not that you'd fallen out of love with what you do for a living, but you'd re-fallen in love with it anyway? Yeah, well, it was also like, I mean, it is true. It was like my favourite. I'm not going to go back on that now. Um, it was. And it, we had an amazing uh, time together. But also, there was this feeling, this like sense of every day we go into the National Theatre, which as a place for us and for many people, it's like, it, it's kind of, it's more like a place of worship, worship than, um, than just a theatre to us. Like this, this is where, when we were all starting out, when I was like starting out as an actor in London, didn't know anyone, I would like to just go and sit in the cafe at the National Theatre and just sort of take it in. Yeah. Or like I go to the I go to the the plays and I just dream of being there. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of to, to have your dream become a reality and get to do it with your best mate and with Simon Godwin, who I've known for a long time, and this amazing team. But then going to that building and it's empty. It was so bizarre. Yeah. And so there's this thing of like there was only this small group of people creating art and creating work that we are all very proud of. So uh, that will never happen again, I don't think, or hopefully not. I mean, it was a beautiful moment, but it was out, it came out of this darkness. So, um, yeah, I'm just saying the same as Jesse. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's but it's beautifully put. You were saying same, you were saying the same yeah. thing, but you were saying it differently. To be honest, and yeah, exactly. That, you're saying it better. You're saying it better. You can say it. <laughs> uh, you're obviously such friends, such, such lovely, beautiful, competitive friends. It's amazing. Um, um, but Jesse, the, the whole thing about stillness. You know, the, one of my favorite books is a book called Stillness Speaks, and it's so true, isn't it? And when you get in such a, a grand atmosphere as the one in which this was filmed and in which you performed but there is this backdrop of not absolute stillness but probably the most stillness it's ever experienced itself as an inanimate mm-hmm. environment before that's got to add to the to the weight of, of what you're conveying oh definitely like every single day you were aware that on the other side of the Iron Curtain there was an audience that wasn't there mm-hmm. and um, and yet we were kind of we were doing it for that audience that wasn't because it was the only thing that was going to make this building, which for the first time in its life had been dark for such a long time, um, come to light again. And, uh, like, there was a real need to, like... I, I, like, I cycle into London, uh, into work every day, and I was like, I really need to do this and tell and make this building come to life again. Um, but always in the backdrop, like you said, there is there is no faces, which is 
what you, or, you know, that's the best part of our job is to have that kind of relationship with an audience. But yeah. hopefully we kind of, we can, we can do that through television or whatever you're watching. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think that, you know, I, I've not performed myself, not on stage at least, but I, th- I think that as a performer, you might always hold a little bit back for the audience, even though you you don't allow them to think they're in your peripheral vision. But because they weren't there, you're just giving it all to each other. You're giving each other 100 mm. percent. And I, that's the thing that's so powerful about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, the other thing that we also found in terms of kind of frenet, like the sort of like exciting energy is that ultimately this play is about intimacy and love and out of like the out of all the darkness of the Montagues and Captain it's these two rays of light come through and we had this like I mean just from a purely like physical point of view we we were having COVID tests twice a week and the only times Jesse and I could be like do all the intimate scenes i.e. kissing or touching each other like honestly just touching each other which like it's very hard to do a kind of socially distanced Roman Julia but there was this basically there was a, a three hour window um, where we'd have a test and if the test came back negative which they obviously did um, we would we would be able to touch each other and there was this like like insane excitement yeah. not just me and Jesse, but like the whole it's a company of actors like we our, our favourite thing is hugging mm-hmm. and so it's just like this kind of like carnage every like we'd have this, these tests and then you go into the rehearsal room and all the boys were just like, t- like hugging each other and <laughs> kissing each other and it was like it was completely insane but also just highlighted this really exciting thing about Roman and Juliet which is that is all they do in this play Right. They find moments where they can be together and, and it's kind of frenetic and exciting. And I guess we had that, in a, you know, as like kind of an artificial version of that through COVID. Uh, listen, lovely to talk to you both. Um, it's clear you love each other to death. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Romeo and Juliet, the National Theatre, 4th of April, 9pm, Sky Arts and Freeview Channel um, 11 has only benefited from that. You're both wonderful. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Thanks. You're welcome. Awesome. Awesome, guys. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you have several hit TV shows? Do you have a best-selling autobiography? As good as it gets, Life Lessons from a Reluctant Adult, out in paperback on Thursday. And in that, do you admit to secretly staying up all night on the Xbox just so you can beat your kids? You do, Rom, 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 you do, Rom, Rom. It's the brilliant Romesh Ranganathan. All right, Romesh. I'm good, Chris. How are you? What an intro, It was pretty good, wasn't it? So, Ramesh Ranganathan, Life Lessons from a Reluctant Adult. Here we go. It's as good as it gets. It's the beach read. It's the paperback version, and people can go to the beaches again. How convenient. But, Ramesh, we've done this interview before. I can't remember. I remember it went pretty well last time around, but I can't remember what questions I asked and what answers you gave. No, I can't remember either, to be honest with you. So, I mean, I get, what do we, can you just play a clip from the last one or something? I, I, I'm not sure what to do at this time. Maybe this is the last one. Maybe we've already hoodwinked the listeners and, indeed, ourselves. Um, we yeah. can 
could we could go through because last time around I read it. I you know I did I did all the responsible research, but this time I didn't. To be honest, I thought we've done this before. Let's just get Romishan yeah, and have yeah, a laugh. Yeah, well, you know what, Chris? I'm gonna be honest with you. Last time you were so <laughs> it was such a good interview. Yes. So do you know what? I wouldn't even mind if you slagged the book off at this stage because it was so good. It was so good last time. I was really genuinely grateful. So, um, yeah, we can do whatever. We don't even have to talk about the book if you don't want to. We're well, I'm not going to slag it off, am I? Because it's the same book and it was a great book. Do you, are you remembering the radio interview or the podcast we did for the book? Well, both. I mean, well, this two things. So we did the, the radio interview was great, right? We talked about the book and it was it was wonderful. The podcast. I mean, we got. So deep, didn't we? I mean, we went. I think we did. I don't know if you remember, but we went deep. I yeah. felt like um, I felt like I'd gone to. Well, I'm trying to think of another deep analogy, but I, I, nothing's coming to me. But we went deep anyway. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make. But you see, though. because you work with Rob, who I love, Rob Beckett, isn't just everything yeah. else deep other than Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rob's got Rob's got um, Rob's got a, 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 a un- uncovered depth to him. I know he masquerades as a puddle, but actually, he has he has got more to it. He no, has got more. He really it. has. He really has. Because he, he does he does the podcast with um, oh forgive me I've forgotten Josh, Josh. Widdicombe yeah Josh Widdicombe yeah and he yeah, came he came on to talk about that that podcast is really well he they said look we're, we're we'll probably be number one as long as Louis Theroux doesn't have a new one out because he's always number one that's basically what they're saying there <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and I played him back some of his podcasts with Josh and I wish we still had it we might actually have it Mira because at one point he asked a serious question and it was such a standout moment <laughs> it was like the world <laughs> it was like the world stopped and I played it Did back to him yeah I played it back to him and um, he said was that me <laughs> 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 so funny we've got it somewhere he can do it he can do it no, I love him I love the ground I love the, the bones of the man alright uh, Ramesh so in the life lessons um, we can go through the titles of course of the chapters cars, builders, movies eat the donuts talk about eating the donuts come on well it's just a thing of uh, I, I'm just incredibly gluttonous in fact this there's been there's been a later development to this that isn't in the book actually but basically I'm incredibly gluttonous I have to, I have to make sort of keep an eye on how much I'm eating but the other day I don't know if you I'd love to know if you think this is excessive I mean it is excessive but I'd like to know how excessive the other day I ate six donuts <laughs> in in the course of an hour right I think, probably yes and um I my family actually staged an intervention because I, I don't have that you know that thing about diminishing returns of a donut like you eat the first the first bite's amazing and it sort of gets worse and worse that just doesn't seem to happen to me so so the donuts were all equally wonderful mm. and, and then I left I, I sort of went I was walking around the house and the family said Do you know that you've eaten six donuts and I didn't have the heart to tell them that I was on my way to get a seventh <laughs> I mean it, it was it really is a massive problem for me i just i just cannot stop especially obviously during lockdown yeah. my, my gluttony just absolutely knows no bounds you know what i mean so yeah, but the, the chapter is called eat the donuts that so does that mean we do or we don't eat the donuts well i think you eat the donuts but eat in donuts. in some sort of moderation i think you know okay. you, ha- you have to be aware i don't know if it's like a tally or something or you just i, th- I think even something as simple as saying out loud i'm eating a donut <laughs> just to make yourself conscious of the fact of how many times you've said that out loud, because I'm obviously not registering eating them. No. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I sp- in the beginning, I imagine donuts were well before these food wizards that 
Um, processed food companies employ for millions of dollars a year. Some of these guys have got the biggest houses in Beverly Hills. The guys who create the, what's called the bliss moment in food and yeah, and the exactly. mouth pleasure factor. Um, but donuts were way ahead of that, I suppose. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, I mean, the thing that I talk about in the chapter is the fact that is that because ve- I'm vegan, uh, you know, donuts and stuff. When I because I went vegan maybe like seven, eight years ago now, yeah, why not? and at that time you couldn't you couldn't get donut vegan donuts really, or you couldn't get good ones. And now they've got amazing. But what happens is 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 people <laughs> buy you vegan donuts mm-hmm. as a treat, yeah. and then I feel like I because they've gone to that trouble, I have to eat them. So we had oh. we had this writing session. We we're working on this sitcom script, and this Yasmin, who's one of the cast in the sitcom, she turned up with this box of donuts. She said, "I've got like a load of." vegan one so i ate them all uh and then i went off to another edit and then the guy at the edit said have you seen this shop doing these amazing vegan donuts and pulled out exactly the same box uh and then i ate them as well because i felt like i had to (laughs) because i didn't want to let him down he'd gone to that trouble and so now i feel like this pressure of when everyone anyone's gone to the trouble of getting a proper vegan dessert or a proper vegan cake i feel like actually the right thing to do social etiquette demands I eat that in it in full. You know? That's so sweet of me being a nice guy. It's I know, I know, I'm a great guy. What can so I sweet of you, Romish. How much publicity are you doing for this book? Uh, uh, not not loads. I think I got this, and I did BBC Breakfast yesterday, and then that's and then I uh, and then one other interview. That's it. One other interview. Okay. Well, listen. And then you. and then and then I'm doing a little Insta Live tonight. I'm doing a reading from Ooh. the book. Which bit are you yeah. going to read? Have you chosen yet? I haven't decided. I haven't chosen yet. I haven't decided yet. So. What do you think? Uh, well, what's uh, what's on the shortlist? Uh, well, on the shortlist is about me uh, versus water parks. My my issues with water parks. Uh, <laughs> thinking about uh, me and my addiction to trainers, uh, or uh, my sort of battles with with getting older. One of those three things currently. Okay, if you had to throw one out of a balloon, trainers or video games. Oh, video games goes before trainers. I mean, I, I've got a real problem. With trainers? I've got a real, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, been, I've been cut off. Video games or donuts? Oh, uh, oh uh, donuts <laughs> would have to go. Donuts would have to go. Okay. Um, which would you fire off into space first, social media or builders? Oh, social media in a half. That's <laughs> very wise. In a half. That's the game we could play. Isn't it funny, though? So the reading tonight, was, is it going to be the funniest reading or would it be the one that sells the book best? Because they might be different. Well, I know I always have this this ongoing issue because I did a couple when we, when we when the, the hardback came out and you sort of go for a funny one and people go, oh, is it just you sort of being silly funny. jokes the whole time? Yeah. yeah, and then you do a serious one and they go, oh, I thought your book was going to be funny. That doesn't sound that funny. It's very difficult to... To, to work it out really so um yeah that's going to be an ongoing struggle for me this afternoon to figure out i say struggle i'm exaggerating massively i'll think about it about 15 minutes before i'm due to do it but um you know that is a it is a it is a decision to make and what might you do in the sunshine today and tomorrow uh, i'm thinking i'm, I'm going to go for a long walk with my wife i think that's the that's the plan um and then we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll suggest an, i'll suggest an hour long walk about seven minutes in we'll realize we've run out of anecdotes because we've been in the same house the whole time uh and then we'll probably turn around and come back what about a comfortable yeah. silence i do you know what it's funny you say this right <laughs> so when when lisa when lisa and i first got together we went on holiday together before we had kids and we were we were walking down this this little strip and there were loads of couples just sat not saying to anything to each other. In a really smug way, mm. we said to each other, oh, isn't it? we'll never be like that, will we, where we don't talk to each other. And then what happened was is that every meal we had after that, we were forcing ourselves 
to have inane small talk because we didn't want to descend into being that couple. But actually, the truth of it is, there is nothing wrong with that. You know I mean, we've now decided that you can you can be comfortable in that, right? You can, as absolutely. long as it's not months at a time. You know, that's a problem. But you know, comfortable silences are a good thing. They're a sign of growth. Is what my wife and I are trying to tell each other to convince ourselves our relationship isn't on the slide. Was that a comfortable silence? <laughs> just, just give it a go. <laughs> just give it a go. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? That was absolutely horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That was so horrible. Because like, I've got to be honest with you, I finished talking. I didn't, my brain wasn't quick enough to put together that's what you were doing. And I just thought, oh no, have I said something wrong? Have I said something awful? <laughs> It was, that was so horrible. Sorry. It was genuinely horrific. Didn't mean to be horrible. Can only apologise. But, but, but it was quite funny from our end. Um, uh, awesome. Ramesh, you're awesome. I love you to death. Please come and see us as soon as you can. Enjoy the day. Good luck with the thing tonight on Insta. How do people watch that? Uh, they just click onto my Instagram and it'll come up. You get notified as soon as I click on live. It's at seven o'clock. Okay, and what's your handle, your Insta handle? Uh, Ramesh Ranga, at Ramesh Ranga. All right, pal. Have a lovely Tuesday. Ta-da. Thanks very much. Take care, guys. Bye. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. There are Friday guests. There are good Friday guests and there are good Friday guests. A West End superstar, a member of actual Queen and an antidote to COVID anxiety with their new single Panic Attack 2021. Please welcome the amazing Kerry Ellis and Brian May. Yay! <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Hey. Morning, <laughs> morning, Kerry. Morning. morning, Brian. Morning. Okay. Okay. Some Ke- intro. Ke- Ke- Brian, uh, we've got to ask you: Yes or no? Is One Vision Queen's greatest ever track? Well, I just heard you say it, so I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, there we go. Of course <laughs> it is. What would be? What, what would be your number one, hey, Brian? If you chose your your favourite, your Queen track of all time, what would it be? Oh, it's a hard thing to say, really. I mean, the thing we, I, I probably enjoy most is We'll Rock You, because it just comes out without any problems, you know. There it is. So, um, But, you know, I love a track that Freddie wrote called uh, The Miracle. I've always loved It's not the biggest, sort of, most public track we've ever done, but I, I've always loved that one. It's got great optimism in it, which is what we need, right? Optimism. That's what we need, buddy. That's what we need. Well, we feel Morning, like we're it. <laughs> Are you, <laughs> Absolutely. How how are you, Kerry? How's how's the last twelve, 12 months been for you? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's it's kind of hit the arts pretty hard. But I mean, for family wise, I mean, it's been really nice to actually have some time with my family. And you know, we're usually running around at 100 miles an hour. So to actually, you know, have that time where we just have dinner and go for walks has been lovely. But I'm I'm ready to get back out to work. I must admit, I'm ready for the stages to open. <laughs> Well, Kerry, as someone who was in the original London production of We Will Rock You, what is your favourite Queen song of all time? Oh, it's really difficult. There's so many. It's it's so hard. I mean, I guess linking to the show would have to be probably no one but you for, for personal reasons, because I got to sing it in the show and then Brian and I have gone on to perform it together and I've sang it all over the world and it, it is very special to me and I'm very grateful that I got kind of connected to that song. So probably that one. And you can see you can see how well you two get on. Is that how you met? You met through We Will Rock You Today. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Because Kerry actually created the role of Meat. It was then. Sometimes it was called other names since then. But she she was the very first person to ever do it and brought it to life. And uh, those days in two thousand and three were incredible. I must say, you know, it, it, 
who would have thought that we could have pulled that off? And I, I think least of all us to, to put a, a West End show up there. And it ran for 12 years, um, broke all records in the Dominion. So I was immensely proud of those days. And, and Kerry was one of the, the original people who, who made it catch fire. And so, and so, Brian, with, with Panic Attack 20, 2021, this is this is you actually you actually wrote this back in two thousand and seventeen, and and it's, it's re released to reflect to reflect this year. But and, yeah, and you very wrote, much. Re- sorry, go on. It's re released, but also very much rewritten. Yeah, to, to be relevant to what's happening now, and that's that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, this is about COVID and the anxiety people feel right now, and it's just a a, a channel of optimism, if you like. That's what it became. I don't think, the thing is, is it, I don't know. We were trying to work it out earlier on. It's ninety-nine or ninety-five percent of songs are written about, are written about love. I mean, I've probably just made that off the top of my head, but it, <laughs> but it feels it feels like they are. So to write about yeah. something, you know, which is which is serious. I, I've, I'm I'm very lucky. I've never experienced a panic attack, but I've witnessed plenty. You know, my friends and family have had them in front of me. They're terrifying things. Um, mm, it's quite yeah. it's quite refreshing to hear you write about something that that can you know affect us in such a serious way. But but uh, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wrote it from first-hand experience. I have to say, when, when I was young, I never knew what it was. I had no idea. I thought, I thought well, you know, what are people going on about? But, you know, going through certain episodes of my life, I did get into severe panic. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what can you do? Well, you can write about it and you can share it with people and mm. kind of give other people hope that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Sorry, Sophia's with us. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Yeah, guys, I love that you recorded this in lockdown uh, and did it all from, from your kitchen, Kerry. How, how was that rather than being in a studio? <laughs> we did do a lot of it from home. I mean, especially the videos. I mean, the, the video was mainly filmed from my back garden against a wall and Brian recorded something in his loft, I think. And yeah. we had very brilliant people. Lovely Simon put this video together for us. Um mm. And yeah, the music was was equally as challenging. We did bits from home, um, and we did squeeze in one studio day, I think, because we within the restrictions mm. we were very socially distanced and you know tested and bits and pieces. But so we did crash that one day. But it was it was difficult. But I think what was really important about us doing this was to not to have a go at it and to not stop being creative just because we're being restricted. We can still make music. We can still be positive. We can still give people something to be optimistic about and to be entertained by. And I know lots of people have been struggling out there. So it was nice to kind of go, we hear you and we understand and, Hopefully, this gives you a little bit of comfort. And you know, you know, you would never know that it was filmed in your garden on an iPhone. So you literally set up an. <laughs> did did one, remember your family hold the phone, or did he have a tripod? How did you film it? No, I. You know what? It was a. It was a sunny day. I mean, I've even got like gym bottoms on. I. It was a sunny day, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to nip outside and just do this. And I literally did it twice. Again, I put like a, a, um, like a tripod up. It's on my phone, and I, you know, shoved it against the wall. I think it was more luck than anything else. <laughs> Been skilled. Did a good job. <laughs> yeah, it looks incredible. I can't believe you. Yeah, it's all you on iPhone. It's totally on iPhone. This thing, yeah. yeah. You Yours was as well, Brian. Yours on an iPhone as yeah. well. What's it? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to spend a million dollars on a, on a video. Oh, no, no. It's, it's the passion that counts. It's yeah. the performance and the, the feel. You know. I guess. Oh, there's, and there's so much of that. And then, of course, you launched on Sunday on Instagram Live with your tea and biscuits. Tell everybody about the tea and biscuits uh, side of that story. <laughs> well, you've got to have a gimmick, haven't you? you know? <laughs> well, what I thought was, you know, that this is about kind of giving people comfort and hope. 
So what do you give, if your best friend says they're in a panic attack, what do you, you say, well, let's make you a cup of tea and we'll talk about it. So yeah. I just thought the tea and biscuits thing might be fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we did. But this is, we decided we would give this away. I don't know if this has sort of come out there, but we thought we don't want to make money out of this kind of people's discomfort. We, we'd rather not do that. And we don't really want to put a charity single out. We want to just give it away. Let's just chuck it out there and hope that it makes people smile. So that's been the plan. You can see it for free. You can hear it for free on YouTube. And that's it. You know, you can actually own it on the, the um, what do you call it, the streaming channels, but if you want. But basically, it's out there for you for nothing. That's what we want to do. One of my favourite things of the video is, is Kerry's reaction to you when you start playing the guitar. It's good. You play it, you get chops to Kerry. Oh, my God. I mean, you've been... We've been starved of it, haven't we? We've been starved of that performance. And what we do as artists is mm. perform together and, and, you know, get buzz off that interaction and that it, it, we haven't had that for so long so to hear anybody else play or see anybody else play, I was like yes even in my garden on my own I was like this is brilliant oh it's so cool it's so cool it was and- nice actually yeah because we're at a distance and we kind of surprised each other I think because the, the guitar yeah. this is all new it's an old track in a sense you know, but everything's pretty much everything's new on it including the guitar solo which came to me in a, in a flash of light one night but again at home <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it's, it, you've got to see the video, friends. You've got to just just Google Panic Attack 2021, stick it into YouTube. You'll better watch the video there now. It's it's so good. Yeah. It's so euphoric and so oh, uplifting. Thanks, you've just you've, you've you've just nailed it on, on live music. Um, um, Brian, the first time I saw, in fact, to be fair, I was meant to be seeing you last year at the O2, and for obvious reasons, oh. I'm not. I'm coming. I'm coming next year. But the first time I saw you when I was 11 years old in 1986. Hang on, was it 86? Was it 83? Wow, in Mar really? in Marbella. Yeah, and in oh those days, obviously, Ooh. obviously with Freddie, and in those days, um, there was no there was no sound restrictions, and you could be heard fifteen miles up the coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know? I remember that show very well. I remember it vividly. Yeah, those were very different days, weren't they? God, it was it was nuts. That was a, an amazing time for us. That tour. How oh how God. was it different? I mean, how I mean, apart from the obvious, how was it different to, to performing? You know, when you perform next well, year. Well, you could play gigs for a start, you know, you could get <laughs> well, people yes. in and there wasn't this terrible worry, you know, and for us that was a peak time. It, it was our biggest tour ever and our last tour ever. So, yeah, a lot of excitement and, you know, I guess we were very committed rock stars at that point. You know, along the way you think, well, do I actually do this or am I going to one day get a proper job like my dad used to say? Then the one <laughs> actually, you know, this is what I do and I love what I do. And thank God we can do it. That's right. Um, then along comes a pandemic and you can't do it anymore. So <laughs> big adjustment. But you're back, back, back next next year. Your tour's back, back again next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Sure All the be, tickets sure. are there. Do you know, everybody's hold on, held on to their tickets. I'm so touched. Everything's sold out. The O2 shows in London and up and down the country and and some shows in Europe too. And um, just fingers crossed we can fulfil that commitment. I just want to be fit. I want to be well for it. I want to be popular mm. for it. And Kerry, the West End, how, have you got any news from us from the, from the West End and when we're going to be able to go back to the theatre? Well, I think the theatres are trying to open distance, like kind of July, and then some of the bigger shows, I think, September. So hopefully they are coming back, you know, slowly but surely. Um, but yeah, we, I'm desperate to get back on, you know, do some concerts, do some performing. It would just be so wonderful. I mean, I'm due to go, 
and performing cats in Taiwan in June. So oh, I know wow. that's definitely happening. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so if you fancy a trip to Taiwan, Where? Where <laughs> I don't know if you can. We'll jump on a plane. And now just before you go, before we play Panic Attack 2021, which we're about to play for you, um, yeah. Vassos has just bought his daughter, who's 17, Emily, a record player. And we were talking about the one album that, they, that she, well, he's going to buy her an album every every week. That's the plan of action. Uh, Brian May, what, which, which album would you, would you suggest, other than one of yours, what would you suggest you should buy her? I heard Sophia say Queen too. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> might, might even be my favourite Queen album. But, um, but yeah, what, I mean, I would have Buddy Holly, the Buddy Holly story volume two. That's what I, that's what I got for, I think, my eighth birthday. And I've never let it go far from my side. I love that album. It's just full of kind of promise and magic. Oh, boy, oh, boy. He had a very short career, but oh, my God, the songs he wrote, Buddy Holly. That would be my one. What I love about that is Emily Alexander will now be able to tell her friends that the reason she's got that album is because Brian May suggested that her dad should buy it. I mean, she'll always have that story. And Kerry, which album would you choose? Queen album, um, you know, our Born Free album, um, Artistic by Candlelight, is actually on vinyl. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just putting it out there that, that it's still probably yeah. available. That would probably be be one to listen to. It's super nice, and, nice and chilled out. Brilliant. <laughs> Vassals is frantic writing things down. All right, guys. Well, let's play. Let's play it for you now. It's so good to have you on. Best of luck with all the live performances, all the you know next year, and best of luck with getting through the rest of this crazy time. Uh, and what a pleasure to have you on the show, Brian May and Kerry Ellis. And this is their track, Panic Attack 2021, which is available wherever you get your music, wherever you watch your music videos. Find it, track it down. You'll love it. And guys, we'll speak to you soon. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. On Virgin Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast, the best bits from the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Chris will be back next week, and don't forget to subscribe now and you'll never miss a week of the Breakfast Show. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.